2: How did Scrooge win the football game? This is good. How the ghost of Christmas past?
3: Hey!
4: Now my Heidi, my Tenakoto car tour. Welcome to SuperPod 2023, the annual gathering of the greatest and the best and the most handsome podcasters from across the spin-off podcast network. We have chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Uh, we have Christmas crackers. We have Santa halfway down uh, the chute. And let's go round and talk to each other a little bit, shall we, to say hello, first of all, around the circle. Everyone is dressed. For those of you who are listening, rather than watching this, we're all dressed in a <laughs> <an elastic laughs> costume. Uh, with Sam right here next to me is dressed as, a, as Father Christmas, Annabelle is dressed as a massive bauble. Uh, <laughs> Simon Pound is dressed as uh, an emerging startup business. <laughs> and Bernard Hickey is dressed as a housing market with a bit tacked on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, Ben Thomas couldn't be with us today. He was a late scratch um, owing to being a bit useless at organizing himself. And we've empty-chaired him with a stool with a road cone and a can of Mountain Dew. <laughs> so we'll be thinking of you, Ben. Let's go around and just say hello, kia ora, day, starting with you, Sam. Kia ora, Toby. How are you doing today? You feeling merry? Yes, I'm very merry. Thank you. Tiahe Butler. How are you? Tēnā Toby. Ka pai. Ka pai Annabelle Lee-Mather.
5: Kia ora.
2: Morena.
4: Nice to see you. Uh, Jane Yee.
2: Kia ora. Merry Christmas.
4: I probably should have said you should tell us what you do, but we'll do that next time we go around. Let's just pretend that this was the intention all along. Simon Pound. dinner, Merry oh, Christmas. Nice to see you, Alex Casey. Hi,
1: Toby. All the way
4: from the South Island. That's
1: oh, very exciting. Do we get to do these crackers or is that for another? Yeah, round? I don't know.
4: I wondered about the crackers. I think sometimes it's one of those things that works better in the room than for the listener experience. <laughs> <laughs> so but maybe people should just from time to time pull them when they, mm, someone okay. is going on a bit. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and you just
4: want to and then explosion. and then read a, read a joke. Sometimes the jokes are good. Sometimes Sometimes, you know, after about three or four, it becomes a bit tiresome. I don't know, this is probably a conversation we should have had before. <laughs> no, I think it's good.
1: Yeah, here we are. <laughs> this should be what it's about. It's pre-production on yeah. the pod. That's what we hey do hey. Nice,
4: nice to see you. Yeah.
6: You good? I'm fantastic. You've come all the way from Waiheke Island. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's great to see real people um. Um, and <laughs> people I haven't seen for a while. It's great. Trimble. And this sort of working from home remote working style for two or three years. I basically haven't seen many people, so it's great to Mm. see other humans in the flesh.
7: Amazing. Duncan Greve, you're also here. Well done. and Toby. Yes, I am. Uh, I'm backing up from a Christmas party last night, so apologies in advance for my performance. Okay. Uh,
4: What we thought we'd do this year is ask everybody to deliver us a word. It's very very on, very on fleek, is that what they say? So the kids that. was <laughs> 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 I mean, probably word of the year, word of <laughs> the year 1995. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's mine <girl>. <laughs> <laughs> that one out. Um, But lots of people are doing more and more. There are words of the year, we talked about that on Gone by Lunchtime, and the Riz was the word of the year for, I think, Cambridge. Um, uh, 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 Macmillan had authenticity, which was weird. Uh, the Economist, I think, had chat GPT, which seems quite sort of unimaginative. <laughs> Um, others had AI-related ones. Anyway, so given everyone's doing that, I thought we would do it too, for lack of an imagination to do anything original. So let's go round and give us a word of the year that may relate to your particular pod uh, subject, may relate to your life, may relate to anything at all you like, Um, starting with Sam Robinson. Hi. um, (laughs) You've been up all night working on a word.
8: I've been panicking for several hours about what my word of the year will be, and I've come up with something pretty mediocre. Um, I, I don't have a podcast, so it was kind of hard for me to, like, uh, I'm just a producer here at Oh, no, no, you have many
4: podcasts.
8: Oh, yeah, I, I have all of the podcasts, like <laughs> Infinity Stones. But um, my kind of area of expertise, I guess, is maybe pop music, and I think uh, this year in pop music we saw a huge rise in uh, a star in the making called Ice Spice, and uh, my word of the year is munch. It's the year of the munch. Sorry,
4: how did you get from ice
8: spice to munch? <laughs> ice spice. There's like a catchphrase. Oh, okay. It's like a catchphrase. A munch is someone who like is just obsessed with women. Like, it just you will do anything. It's it's, it's referring to munching. Um,
5: yeah, I'm not going to finish that
8: sentence.
5: Toby, I was h- hoping you're going to ask me how I was feeling this morning when you did the first round, but you didn't. And what I wanted to say is, I'm seething, seething with rage. Seething? Seething because I'm the only member of the Gone By Lunchtime. Um, team who wasn't invited to the press gallery drinks.
4: Oh, yeah. Ooh.
5: Mm, just putting that out there, you're all on notice. Yeah. Um, my kupu is, because I'm more woke than Nodos nowadays, is um, <laughs> pō taka bene bene, mm. which in Māori is a spinning top and describes how you feel when you're a bit dazed and confused and spun out by recent events, which I think probably most of Aotearoa is.
4: Yes. Speaking of spinning tops – Sam, you skipped past the Ihi Butler,
0: who... I'm hidden he... back here <laughs> You're
4: you not mic'd up.
0: Not I, mic'd I do up? have a long mic. What's your word? My, mic, uh, my word for the year, which is, I think, appropriately building on Annabelle's uh, kupu, is Colonesian. Polynesian, <laughs> <Colonesian, laughs> which wow. I learned recently to be a portmanteau of colonised Polynesian. Mm-hmm. Uh, for oh. example... Brian Tamaki, Winston Peters, David Seymour, Polynesians who are so thoroughly colonised and their mindset is so kind of munted by the New Zealand experience <laughs> that they have—they've um, forgotten their their and they've forgotten their whakapapa. Amazing, yeah, love okay, that.
3: Great
2: you.
0: word, mm. Jane Yi. Uh, my the, uh, word!
2: I don't know. Emperor what my word, of the pod. I, I don't know what my word means. It's nothing to do with um, my podcast subject, which is uh, generally pop culture and reality. Oh, I suppose it falls under pop culture. It falls under pop culture, but it comes from my children and YouTube, and the word is skibbity. Skibbity.
4: Could you and spell that,
2: please? There, can I what? Spell it. Um, well, uh, there's two different versions. One ending with a Y, and one ending with an I. Okay, much like the, the Tonys of this world. Uh, S-K-I-B-B-I-D-I slash Y. Okay. Um, often followed by the word toilet, skibbity toilet or skibbity belt. And it's just a word <laughs> I hear a lot and I'm I've, scathing. I've In
4: I've every Googled, sense of the word. <laughs> wow. It sounds like someone just turned on a Spotify playlist. <laughs>
2: so. I've Googled like the good Gen Xer I am to try and figure out what it is and there's no real consensus on what it means, but it's some sort of meme situation that the kids do. <laughs> Full stop. Oh, okay. Yes.
4: skibbity me skibbity me yeah.
8: Scubbety-me-me. Scubbety-me-me. <laughs> me-me. yeah, it's the yeah. Me-me. Samuel's face right <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <my listeners. laughs> it <probably laughs> sounds
1: like it do came you know from, like it? 1930s. No, know <laughs> <So> you <laughs> know it, but what does uh, scubbety, it mean?
8: skibbity toilet is a gen alpha meme, so it's the generation after me. They're, they're coming quick, guys. You better beware. I want to be um, gone by then. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like a series of YouTube short videos um, about a, a toilet with a head in it that fights uh, humanoid TV people yeah, like and camera people. It's awful. It's
2: nonsense. But do you does the your word... kids watch on the internet? Jeff, <laughs>
3: anything they bloody well
2: like. <laughs> <laughs> anything that stops them bothering me for snacks, basically. <laughs> we still don't know what the word means, but, you know, we must move on or someone's going to crack a cracker.
9: Amazing. Some Pound. Uh, the word of the year for me, um, it's really been a reaction word every time I've opened anything to do with the news. And unfortunately it's not very um high buzz, but the word is bleak. <laughs> and so, yeah. you know, like um not wanting to be a downer buzz, but you know, you really feel that there's this kind of last gasp reactionary kind of vibe of the boomers getting theirs, and you just have to hope it dies out. But the counterpoint to that is going to like the um Prize giving at our kids' school and seeing that mm. the future's looking good, but we've oh, got nice. a couple more
4: years of um, <laughs> opening the news and going bleak.
2: Yeah, we've got skippity toilet to come. Yeah.
4: <laughs> We're definitely being punished by the universe yeah. for that time that David Bowie died and we said, This is the worst year ever. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Casey lift us up.
1: Oh, can I start with an apology? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this word is vulgar and it might be two words. <laughs> <laughs> so just to to background this, is it you skibity? know, is it we skibity? It's adjacent. Um from The Real Pod, you know, we spent the year discussing the big pop culture moments, the things that brought us together and hopefully made us laugh and gave us some levity. So my word is cumbox. <laughs> <laughs> one word. That sounds amazing. Thank you. One word. We did have a big style discussion at the spin-off about how we were going to spell that, if we're going with the U or the O, and if it was one word or two. But shout out to Karnoa Lloyd for giving us like this amazing mm. moment towards the end of the year when everything felt like hell. And also, I think, a testament to the power of live television. We've lost both the project, live studio audience, and What Now's live studio audience. Mm. Don't imagine they get a lot of gumbox moments <laughs> on What Now.
3: But still, I hope not.
1: <laughs> something we've lost in 2023.
4: Thank you, Alex Casey. Burn okay.
6: Yeah, well, mine's a bit in tune with Bleak. Um, retreat. Uh, because everywhere I look, things are retreating. So people from houses, policies, all sorts of culture going backwards. And um, I spend quite a bit of time thinking about uh, climate change. For me, this year was um, every morning getting up and looking at these charts showing the hottest temperature ever, the, uh, the least ice cover ever, and And Gabrielle, as this um shocking event that mm. we all thought at the time would um change the debate to one be all about climate change. And then <laughs> we had an election, and no one seemed to care. In fact, we had one of the leaders' debates where it wasn't even mentioned at all. Yeah. And uh, so retreat because um uh, just quietly, when I talk to all sorts of people in banking and insurance, um they have hunted. Looks whenever I talk about retreat, and the phrase they often use is, I just want to retire first before everyone works it out.
3: (laughs) Wow. All right, well, I think.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Merry Christmas. Does anybody have any hard
5: liquor?
4: (laughs) (laughs) What was the question, Annabelle? Sorry, we couldn't hear you over the gallows laughter. I was just
5: going to say maybe moist would have been an oh,
4: alternative. <laughs> <winner> to- <laughs> uh, Duncan, Duncan, group, can you, can you, can you? Can you please, please
7: lift the over I really can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like thinking that I just kind of radically misjudged the like general vibe of uh, of Superpod as I sat down and everyone was laughing. I was like, why are you laughing? All of the stuff is bad. And then, but anyway, I'm stuck with the, uh, the horse I rode in on. My word of the year is existential. Uh, and I'd sort of been, I was like, I kind of had this feeling like I'd been reading it more and more. So I sort of just searched my inbox and like every media newsletter I get, which is too many is just, it's escalating. Um, And it feels like there's the, the media, which is what I cover on the fold is being caught in this kind of pincer movement between the rise of generative AI, AI on one side and the kind of the increasing hostility towards news of social media platforms on the other. And, I just kind of keep having this thought rattle around in my head that anywhere which wants to try and figure out whether something's true before they publish it versus uh, and or wants to pay people to make a thing, how can you ever win in a battle against people who have zero cost of content and doesn't matter whether it's true? And there's this quote that I just can't stop thinking about from um, this guy, Benedict Evans, who is like a former VC uh, turned tech analyst and... Who's generally quite pro technology, but who was writing about social media saying it's worth asking whether a real time feed of strangers posting things that might or might not be true was ever a really good idea, and that's the world we good live in now, yeah, I know um uh, so yeah, and I think all of that adds up to what is genuinely a kind of existential threat to the media that we sort of know and tolerate.
6: And it has real-world effects. I was in that press conference at the end of the year where Winston Peters pointed at Tover O'Brien and said, you lost.
7: This is, you are now spoiling my villain of the year. Oh, sorry.
6: <laughs> <laughs> um,
7: well,
4: I, my word of the year is a bonfire because from a political standpoint that was... We had the the year bookended by bonfires, if indeed they didn't meet in the middle in a way, because Chris Hipkins began the year saying, I'm going to chuck a whole lot of my government's programme. And Christopher Luxon said, well, I'm going to chuck even more of your government's programme. And that was in large part (laughs) the kind of election year we had, which again, isn't something to necessarily send the spirits soaring. Um, I guess... The only good thing is that sometimes you can toast a marshmallow on a bonfire, can't you? <laughs> so if I'm looking for <laughs> desperately for something to lift us up. Let's move swiftly then on, ladies and gentlemen, to heroes and villains. I think what should we do? Should we do villains first? Otherwise, we're going to end in a very, as you say, existential <laughs> mood. Duncan Grieve, Do you want to go first on this one? Can we have a villain? Can we do villains and then heroes? Is that all right? Is that allowed? Any objections? Good.
7: So, as uh, as I just alluded to, Bernard picked up on it. Um, so you know, vil-
4: your villain is now Bernard.
7: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a, a late. Winston Peters is a late scratch, scratch. and Bernard is, has valiantly stepped into the breach. He also he does go on a bit. Better doesn't he? What
4: about changing some of your newsletters and including like property of the week? You know, a lovely, <laughs> lovely three, Betty with a little pool, oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. you know, I mean, maybe put some of your skills to positive use in that way. Yeah,
6: yeah. yeah no, no, millionaire of the week.
4: <laughs> That'd be too many to choose from, I think, from a property point of view, Duncan. Uh,
7: yeah, so I mean, just it is connected to my that sort of word of the year um, in that you've got like a a news media that's that's kind of quite fried you know we had um it was kind of bookended by the the collapse of today fm at one end and then the the end of the project in a more controlled detonation at the other and you know generally in this country we try and think about not kicking the shit out of someone when they're down and i think that Winston Peters coming in on day one with a you lost and um, calling the PIJF a bribe when you already have like a, basically an industry that's not feeling great and is economically pretty unviable. You know, I heard that, like basically broadcast, the the net profit for the whole of broadcast television this year is zero. Um, And the, you know, like you've got this sort of situation where, a lot of people are mistrustful of the media, and you've got your deputy prime minister basically saying, "Yeah, you know, you're you're the opposition, and you're just like, well, that's thanks. That's going to go great. I appreciate it. That's Marvel,
6: Bernie. Ah, villain of the year is also my hero of the year, but oh. um, Adrian Orr, uh, because um, he's only just well, the bank has only just acknowledged that the decision to take off the loan-to-value ratio controls during the COVID lockdowns um, caused an explosion in house prices, um, which is three years too late. And uh, also from the the new government's point of view, he's he's the villain and um, they would quite like to get rid of him, uh, but they can't easily and they're going to have to deal with him. And at some point he's going to try to um, bring in a whole bunch of new controls next year, which could easily turn into a really big fight. Mm. And um, he's he's the villain, um, although as we come around again, I'll call him a hero as well. <laughs> 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 for that, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Alex. Okay, well, I, I was thinking about reality TV, and villain is a strong word for this. It's just a, it's a bugbear, bugbear of mine of this year is um, celebrities infiltrating reality formats that they don't have to. Like we have Dancing with the Stars, we have Celebrity Treasure Island. Mm. We didn't need celebrities on The Traitors. I wish that had just been a pure New Zealand normie cast. Yeah. I feel like it really threw off the dynamic of the show and I just wish we would back our people. You know, we don't always need <laughs> Brooke Howard <laughs> Smith on the show to make it successful. You want more normies? You want normies? I want more normies like and the I think, old days. Yeah. you know fans versus faves, I want to just love fans, you know. I would just uh-huh. want to see, we've always worked on this like thesis that reality TV is a great great place to kind of show New Zealanders. Yes. And we've just had like a run of like a lot of the same people right. for quite a long time now. So that that's my, uh, villain How, is a strong word, but uh, I guess producers,
6: reality TV. <laughs> <laughs> You need new stars, right? You we need,
1: need new stars. So We're yeah, really yeah. scraping yeah. the barrel now. It just
4: becomes round and round in circles, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah.
1: So my hope for next year is that reality TV gets back to the normies. Okay.
4: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, good. Simon
9: Pound. The villain for this year is anyone involved in rolling back the smoke-free idea? Like, absolutely bananas. Like, who could have guessed that that would have been part of what the new government was bringing in and what you'd want to be doing there? And it's like such a symbol of uh, hope for the future being turned back for some short-term, really cynical financially led but harmful to people things. And the fact that they could all stand up there with a straight face and say, yep, we're doing this, we're doing it. Mm. But tax, so we can give landlords tax cuts. It's like, it's so far beyond the pale, it's unbelievable.
6: Literally, we are going to kill thousands of people so that tax cuts can be delivered faster to landlords. And we're being upfront about it. Here's what we're doing.
9: That's like pure villainy. And it reminds me of... Um, I think Philip Morris got in trouble when they did a report for Romania or something saying you should allow unfettered smoking in your country because it'll kill people earlier and still have less of a pension obligation and less health care costs. And it came out and they got in big, big trouble for it. But yeah, when we're not able to raise our pension because of um, political things. They've just come around the back and like found a new way to to lower our pension costs. Unbelievable.
4: It's bleak, it's
3: existential. <laughs> yeah, get it's me for general your general
4: Christmas party vibes. Janie Ye. Yeah.
2: <laughs> cool to follow that one. Um, my villain is extremely low stakes compared to what's preceded. Uh, Brooke Howard Smith on Traders. <laughs>
7: <laughs> I knew he'd get too many times. I love
2: this. <laughs> um, he was a, uh, it's, it's kind of a compliment. I mean, I really stuck in my lane in terms of our pod content for this one. And um, it's it's really a compliment because he played the part for most of the season as a traitor. So he was supposed to be villainous. Um, he did quite a good job, and he effed over some very lovely people, including a, a couple of kind of um, normie adjacent folks. Um,
3: <laughs> and
2: <laughs> and uh, yeah, he just he was um, he he was a bit of a jerk sometimes, but you know he was following the format, so I guess that's fine. But he was probably my least liked appearance on the telly, but without him, that show wouldn't have been as good. So a very watered-down, low-stakes villain from me. But just nice to be able to say Brooke Howard Smith. Yeah. He also he <laughs> subscribed to our substack as well for a bit, yeah, and as soon as uh, he got booted out of the show, unsubscribed.
5: Mm. So, villain. 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 There's so many villains, and I would hate to miss any out. So yeah. I'm going to go for a more generic approach and say that this year has been – fucking awful for Indigenous people all around the world, um, but particularly in Palestine. Um, Also terrible for people, for our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people in Australia with the defeated voice to Parliament and not really great here. So I think the ultimate villain is colonisation, imperialism, fossil fuel industry. Special shout out to um, Benjamin Netanyahu and others.
0: Thanks, Annabelle. Ti here? Simon Bridges is my villain. Oh. And it's because not anything that he did politically, although speaking of colon um, he recorded his podcast in here earlier this year, um, perfectly fine podcast. Every time he recorded it, he wanted a hot water. <laughs> <laughs> and I just think that's a villainous,
3: <laughs> a
0: villainous drink. <laughs> It absolutely is. the
4: only people who are allowed to order hot water are people in retirement homes mm. from staff i'd like to also i'd water. say
2: pregnant women as well uh-huh. sometimes if they're not they're wanting hot drink but not caffeine
0: no no Toby's declining that no 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 um, great great uh, stuff,
8: Sam. Hey, um, my villain. Um, keeping on the pop music side of things, um, she didn't really. I don't think really got achieved villain status until about a week ago when she dropped her new album. Uh, my villain is Nicki Minaj. Uh, that album was god awful. One of the worst things I've heard. It's not bad enough that her boyfriend's a weird felon uh, creep or that her cousin got inflated testicles from the COVID vaccine. (laughs) That album really did it for me. It's filled with the worst samples, like uh, Blondie's Heart of Glass just sped up and it's just her rapping over it. It's it's garbage.
5: Controversial. (laughs)
8: No, nah, Nicky fell off. <laughs> diva down, diva down. Agree.
1: Um, the <laughs> <laughs> oh my what a mixed bag.
4: <laughs> my I, my villain of the year is Winston um, uh, Peters in New Zealand First Party for going to the well, going to that well where they made a decision to l- holler down the well, which is actually a rabbit hole, and uh, – appeal to that group of people. I've always had mixed feelings about the kind of uh, New Zealand First approach insofar as I think. Sometimes it's been a useful valve in our MMP system to represent groups of people who aren't represented otherwise, and sometimes those things can turn into phenomena like uh, Brexit or Trump or whatever if people don't feel represented. I think it's good for people to feel represented. I like that. But I also think there's a cynicism on the part of particular politicians, which... um,
6: and it which, made the difference uh, because that 1% or 2% which came across from the cooker parties, yeah. and there was a deliberate decision to send it to Winston yeah. and that got him over the line.
4: Mm. Oh, yeah. And I think he's acknowledged that, you know, as I've written a couple of times the first interview he gave on the night of the election. Upstairs at the Giacomarborough Hotel was to, for Cameron Slater and Reality Check Radio,
7: which is the Voices for Freedom. I was um, up at the and hotel and Cameron Slater felt like he was in the camp. Yeah. Like he, he was well, wandering around with him kind of, telling him which interviews to what do in a what order. Actually, he's my hero
4: of the year, Cameras out. No, 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 not this year. Maybe next year.
2: <laughs> Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekewysaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns.
1: Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China. And full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free.
4: My hero of the year, uh, because it's an election year, is is, uh, Christopher Lux and the National Party for winning the election. Um, Two reasons. One is simply because when you look back at where they were at the last election... Um, to come to pull things together um, and get into position to win, albeit imperfectly and not in a win as they might have, the, the form of win they might have liked. Um, and the second reason is because they correctly predicted um, uh, Christopher Luxon, Chris Bishop, and John Key and others cr- correctly predicted. Predicted that the three headed Hedra would be <laughs> a nightmare, and that they sh- that people should should not vote for New Zealand first because it'd be a disaster. They they said this could be terrible. They warned everyone, and in a way, they were right. So that's um the
8: two reasons they're my hero Sam. Uh, I'm I'm doing pop music again. Uh, good, good for good for me. Uh, best, I'm, I'm I'm basing my villain and hero off of like best and worst album of the year. So. This time of the FME was Caroline Polachek's Desire I Want to Turn Into You. It's just a wreck. Thank you, Duncan. Thank you, singular clap in the room <laughs> that he's now visibly regretting on his face. No, no, I'm thrilled. Um, really no, good so- album. Get, get oh, okay. Yes.
7: Bunny was a, yeah,
8: nah, nah. <laughs> a, yeah. a rider. Bunny is a rider. It's just yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, Caroline actually just performed last week in Australia. So she's kind of my villain for not, for not coming here. Yeah, for not jumping the ditch. Uh, my villain is also my bank account for not allowing me to jump the ditch to go see Caroline. Um, You've already done a bunch of villains. You're on heroes. Yeah, I, I've got a lot of hate in my heart to, <laughs> to give Toby. Are you, are you? heroes
0: villains?
3: Heroes.
8: Heroes. Heroes.
0: Heroes. Heroes. There was a, a wahine came in earlier this year named Kelsey Waghorn, who was uh, one of the surviving tour guides from Whakaari, White Island. And um, I recorded an interview with her on a partner podcast. And she was amazing. She was on the documentary mm. on Netflix. She's my hero for the year. It was been crazy. Kia ora. Annabelle.
5: The risk of sounding annoying... <laughs> I'm going to say the health workers in Gaza would be my picks for absolute, like, true heroism, those guys. And then my second choice, obviously, would be Brooke Howard Smith.
3: I <laughs> 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 uh, love it. <coughs>
4: Skibbety Jane.
2: Skivity Jane. Um, my hero, again... Pretty low stakes, but well within the brief, is Blair Strang, who was rangy on Shortland Street. He oh. appeared um, from the, I don't know, his little his little law office. He's been a lawyer for some time uh, to appear on Celebrity Treasure Island and came on looking like a complete fish out of water, overtook as just this new, shining, amazing personality on the show. But the best part is he played a power move, um, that I think no one else on the cast would have played. And that was there was a a challenge where two of two of the cast members had a really awful endurance elimination challenge. And Jordan Vandermeer lost. He was the um, he, he was causing a bit of tension in his team. He had been the captain, um, but no one really wanted to see anyone go at the end of, end of that elimination. And they had a mercy card. Their team had a mercy card, which was played by then captain Eli Mathewson. He played it so that Jordan could remain in the game. And then Blair Strang stood up and played a block. And he blocked that mercy card. Jordan thought he was safe, and then he was going home after all. And it was just really good reality television and a power move that you have to be really brave to do. And I just want to salute you, Blair.
8: Plus, Blair Strang's a bit of a zaddy. A zaddy. Well,
2: that's, that would have been a great word of the year, actually. Zaddy was a word that uh, they used a lot on Treasure Island this year to describe Blair Strang. Uh,
9: Simon Pound. Um... I I saw a thing that Donald Glover um, said in an interview this year that was – he went back to a farm and tried to, like, fix up this little farm because he was feeling so overwhelmed with the world and everything was awful. Mm. And he said, I got sick of people saying everything's terrible. And he's like, it's like traffic. You can't say I'm stuck in traffic. You are traffic. If the world's (laughs) horrible, make the world nicer. So he went back to this farm and tried to make his own little world a little bit better. And that really stuck with me this year and just thought about that heaps. And so, yeah, my hero of the year are all the people who, in business or in life or in community or in schools, you know, are making the world a little bit better because it's easy to get overwhelmed with kind of um, general awfulness. But if you put all that energy into, like, just making the things in your remit a bit better, then the world gets better. So, yeah, Donald Glover, uh, interesting philosopher. Uh, But, yeah, really stuck with me. It's
4: like you're sending a stern rebuke. The Simon Pound of 15 Minutes Ago, (laughs) who used the word bleak to describe
9: (laughs) That's the thing. That's the the opposite to bleak, is you've got to, like, make something better. You can't just wallow in it.
4: Good. All right. Good. You do that now, Alex.
1: I have two. Is that okay? Heroes. Yeah. Yes. Um, So, again, through the lens of popular culture, local popular culture, my first is Robin Malcolm Mm. because (laughs) – (laughs) Two massive local shows this year, Far North, earlier in the year, which saw Robin and Tim reunite for the first time since Shorten Street in the 90s. But just after the party was just the most outstanding television I have seen in such a long time from this country, maybe ever. And I just thought the performance, the writing, everything was amazing. Um, but also, you know, to speak to our reality TV background, I spend a lot of time watching Love Island selling Sunset the Kardashians, and it's so amazing to see a woman with a human face <laughs> on TV. <laughs> <laughs> um, so shout out to Robin Malcolm. My other hero is actually our own Jane Yee. <gasps> oh. Oh, oh, yes, oh. if you can believe it, you were a reality star this year. It feels like 10,000 years does. ago, but Fans versus yeah. Faves wow. aired oh. earlier in the year. And you represented the Spinoff Podcast Network with Grace. And you were robbed by the wind. We can all agree robbed by that. that. The
2: gentlest of breezes. Yeah. Still dark on that. Like. Oh,
8: Captain, my <laughs> Captain. <laughs> and we also good said villain.
4: farewell to The Real Pod uh, recently in a, in a very cool oh. live stream. And very sorry to see it go. Uh, the trailblazer of the Spinoff Podcast Network um, and uh, – now it's, you know. And our rival just, have
5: gone by lunch. Tonight. We're
4: just bringing it. <laughs> close yeah, you guys.
5: You, awesome. won. You, you won. You won. <laughs> what did we win? We won. What? Well, the war. The war Survivor.
4: <laughs> Survivor. <between>. <laughs> 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah, <great>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well <Survivor's laughs> done. Survivor
5: um,
4: Your podcast also is going strong, Bernard. Have
6: you when had a good time change. on When the Facts Change this year? Yeah. No, I've I've learnt a lot and um, found a whole bunch of people that I had no idea existed and are doing amazing things. Yeah the cherry farmer who's electrified his his entire business and wants to um, use those lessons to do it for the whole country, Mm. Uh, uh, the um, Australian uh, tech guy who managed to somehow wangle his way into the White House and change the world with the Inflation Reduction Act, Mm. and um, a whole bunch of people doing fascinating things around uh, climate change and electrification and... Um, But also um, the last one I did with uh, Andrew Warr, the uh, public health researcher who called bullshit from on high with authority on the um, smoke-free changes to show that um, we're talking about millions of quality-adjusted life years lost um, uh, when you get into the health economics of it because of this awful um, reversion, uh, this... It really was um, the signature progressive policy that makes sense and that everyone wants being reversed for no good reason other than Winston Peters and smoking.
4: Act was against too. What about the, not to go too long on this, but what about the argument that prohibition doesn't work? It's never, never worked and cre- introducing prohibition on tobacco is just going to create a black market.
6: It's another good argument for saying we should remove prohibition on marijuana. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but but yeah. (laughs) But but, 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 but prohibition does work. There are literally hundreds of thousands of people who are alive today because we ban the sale of cigarettes to kids and we make it slightly difficult and really expensive. Um, This is the, the classic case for a Treaty of Waitangi claim, what this government is doing. It is going out of its way. To kill more people from one group than another. Sorry, that wasn't a lot of fun, was it? You had a hero? Oh,
3: yeah. <laughs> no, no. I led, uh, you, yeah.
4: down I led yeah. you down that. I you down that path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Or was Mr. Up the
3: wire.
6: Up the wire. Up the wire. Andrew Warr. Yeah. Or is that your hero? Or is that, <laughs> uh, is it a uh, no, no. My hero was um, also my villain, which is uh, Adrian Orr. Oh, that's right. Because um, <coughs> he is um, in a military and. And um, prudential policy sense giving the middle finger to the new government and doing it in their backyard by um, making the reserve bank uh, Teputia matua, and uh, saying out loud, um, his major challenge is climate change. And that it's the thing he and the bank should focus on when the new government is is saying this is woke bullshit, and all he should do is focus on inflation. And he's going back at them and saying no, and here's mm. why. Mm. And I'm staying in this job for the next four years. You'll have to leave me out with a crowbar. Mm. And that's that's sort of fun to watch.
4: Um, yeah, that promises something entertaining in 2024. And Duncan Greve, do you have your thunder, 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 thunder stolen for
7: Baylor's case? I did, yeah. I did. But I, I can um, sort of or you're in Looked lockstep. You're,
4: yeah,
7: okay. yeah. I mean, I, I thought After the Party was extraordinary. And um, it made me, it sort of recalled to me in 2016, I wrote a really, really profoundly bad review of a, I think, a awful show called uh, Filthy Rich. And a bunch of TV writers got in touch with me. And one of them said this quote, which is sort of stuck with me about um, why New Zealand dramas were, were quite profoundly mediocre for a while. And they were you'd go to the commissioner and, and you'd pitch them your awesome show and they'd sort of say, uh, well, and they used this metaphor of a size nine brown shoe and that, because that's what they were looking for. And they're like, actually, that's crazy. I actually happen to have been working on a size nine brown shoe and you'd just whip out your show and you'd make the show that they wanted. And we were always told for years that, you, that New Zealand needed broad shows that were sort of appealing to everyone but kind of not appealing to anyone at the same time. And after the party, which... Is a show about a maybe pedophile being sort of chased by? Don't know spoilers. Sort of, I'm up to episode three. Her, <laughs> the uh, you know, his kind of almost crazed ex, and it's really, really massively uncomfortable. And it's a hit; like its ratings were climbing in an era that where ratings are just constantly declining. And you could just imagine it playing all over the world and being like. You know, a massively acclaimed show everywhere next year, and that's that's just awesome. So for you now, my heroes are Robin Malcolm and Diane Taylor for just willing that thing into being. And TVNZ um, entered on a film commission. Everyone who kind of took a deep breath and said, "We're going to do this," because that mm-hmm. that shit's not easy. I,
4: I have a, I have um, I have a sort of association by um, household to that show, and it um, it is worth when something really good comes along. Saying it over and over again, which spinoff has I think, which is great, but because those things, all those things you say are true, that is really hard to make the argument to do something that's nuanced and interesting. An adult has a middle-aged woman lead. It's just I, I've run two, so three, as they say. What the and hell like, Toby? It's um, it's the end of episode three, so that's halfway. <laughs> um, the, and it's 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 the, it's it's all good. Like the P- Peter Seven's direction is. It's incredible, yeah. Performances across the board are excellent. I mean, Peter Mullen is kind of amazing. Robert Malcolm is obviously unbelievably good. they just all good. And and the, the right, it's just, I don't know, it's, you sort of think, whoa, we've arrived somewhere with that, yeah. Don't we? Anyway, that's fantastic. It's a very good note to end on. Do we have anything else that people would like to say using words from their mouths about <laughs> next year, about anything? I feel as though I am looking around for a way to... Outro this podcast,
3: Annabelle.
5: <laughs> <laughs> manoa titi Tato, You know, endurance, resilience, tough times ahead, but um, these things can divide us or actually unite us and make us stronger as a country. And I think in te ao Māori we're already seeing um, a, a, a more united um, front to um confronting some of the challenges that are, are ahead, so kia manawa titi tato.
4: Thank you so much Annabelle, it's a privilege to be on a podcast with you and it's just lovely to be in the room with all these fantastically interesting, charming, uh, insightful and um, spirited people. Thank you very much, Happy New Year. Mere kere We'll be back in 12 months I guess. <laughs> <laughs> It's very it's
7: slow all. slow core podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
3: right. they us the the crackers. let cracker. yeah have yeah. 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 <laughs> the
4: noise, really <laughs> the crackers. the are
1: the crackers. They're the crackers. They're the are